Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. second in my mind. I asked for the ball back from my teammate Mackenzie and she gave it to me and I said I have to do it for her. I have to do it for my team. And I ended up putting it in the back of the net. It feels unbelievable. And to have worked with these boys for all four years of high school, it's insane to finally win it with all of them. Amazing. I can't even describe it. It's so cool. Hello, and welcome to the Just for Kicks podcast. I'm Game Time CT. I am the boys soccer beat writer, Scott Erickson, and we are joined by the glowing man on Zoom, the girls soccer beat writer, Joe Morelli. Joe, how are you? The glowing man? Why? Because of the you light? Have like an, you have like light and aura around you. It's like... Yeah, well, my family's home today, so I am upstairs where it's quiet. But yeah, I have the light coming in. Um, I like it. So you can't hear me if I turn my head. So I will just keep turning so nobody hears me. Today. Good morning, <laughs> Scott. I see you're indoors with a hat on, a wool hat. I'm indoors. It's a little chilly. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm indoors up in the office. Um, yeah, I'm staying on brand though. I got the game time. Yes, I see that. Hat going. No see we us. made it to November. We're here. We're here. It's November 1st or November 2nd, whatever it is. November 2nd. Yeah, uh, the playoffs are starting this week, right? I mean, Thursday uh, I, uh, or next week. I think it's next week. I think. Next week. Right, well, the regular season's ending this week. I mean, I think we have a couple. We have a couple SEC games Monday. Uh, yeah. Next Monday, but yeah, I mean, I, like we, I said, I just keep my fingers crossed still, based off of last week's you know COVID numbers. So. Right, and things are always changing, obviously. But yeah. for the most part, we've we've made it to the last week at least. So you know, a lot of teams made it without you know made it unscathed and didn't lose any games and didn't right. lose any practices. Some teams have lost a lot. You know, we've talked about those teams in the past. Um, but the season keeps chugging on. Teams keep winning. You know, it's, if you looked at the, I was looking at the ranking, not the rankings, but you know, the teams that were doing well right now, and it's it's the same teams we would expect in any season. You know, Bostonbury, Greenwich. Uh, Farmington and um, schools like that, it's they're all having good seasons again. You know, the COVID uh, pods and all that stuff doesn't seem to have slowed them down. Um, another guy that's going for, and we have a guy going for a state record this year too, right? Uh, Steve Waters, uh, who the former coach at Farmington. Yeah, who is now in his first year as the old Sabre coach. He uh, left two years ago. Uh, I think we wrote that he retired and we had the wrong win total for him online. He actually has right now, he has 564 victories. Steve Waters, now his first year as old Sabre coach. He served as assistant to Sam Barnes last year, the longtime Sabre coach. He left with a job change. They are one, one, one. back-to-back class S state championships. They obviously won't have a chance to do a third this year. Um, but he has 564 wins. John Blomstrand from Eels spent retired last year with 565 career victories. So assuming everything goes well, he has a chance on Friday to uh, set the record because they play Coggenshog on the road on Tuesday, who's having an okay year, but not great. And then at Cromwell, who's decent on Friday. Yeah, Cromwell, get... Cromwell's done all right this year. Right. No, I meant, I meant Coggenshog. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, if they lose to Commonwealth, then they got to get it in the in the league tournament, and who only knows when those dates are going to be. The shoreline will be next week. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's a lot of. Listen, you play a 16 game regular season, you play a tournament. He's had, as you know, had a lot of success at Farmington, Steve Waters, and uh, and uh, I mean Saybrook, you can win a lot of games in the Shoreline Conference. So he's going to own this record for God knows how long. I, mean, I don't even know who's honestly close to him. So. Yeah, and we and we did. We thought he had retired. You know, when someone's been at a school that long and moves on, and I think it was you or someone that spotted him on the sideline last year as the old Saybrook assistant, and said, you know, what are you doing here, Steve? Yeah, it was it was in the shoreline. <laughs> I didn't realize it was in the shoreline tournament final. It shows you how good I was, reporter I was. I lasted that long, not even realizing it. But yeah, and uh, I'm sure. Listen, having t- those two guys in the sideline is helping. Obviously, Steve's done a very good job this year. What's been an odd year, as we say every week in the podcast. But yeah, he's going to get that record at some point and uh, own it for, I'm sure, for quite a while. Yeah, that's one of the rare times where the assistant coach has uh, so many more wins than the than the head coach. When the head coach has a ton too. I mean, you're never going to have a more more combined wins between a head coach and an assistant coach than you had that last year at Old Saint Brook. And obviously, he went out with a state championship, so he went out the way he wanted to go out. New Sam, yeah, absolutely. yeah, Sam, yeah, right. Um, and that's such a great program there. So, I mean, to be able to slide down from Farmington to Old Saybrook is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that was planned or not. Maybe it was. But uh, Yeah, you never know these things. You know. As he said to me, he, what did he say to me? He says, Joe, I, I never on. said I retired. <laughs> I just said, what did he say? I moved on. Hang on. I have the, the, the quote. Joe, I never said I was retiring, just moving on in all caps. So, yeah. so his record right now is 564, 91, and 51. Yeah. And sometimes these things, you know, when we have state records, there's not great records kept sometimes. Um, Obviously, we know football keeps great records, but uh, you have to really check these things to see, is this, you know, the real record? Uh, This one does seem to be the real one, unlike the baseball hits record that we had last year where there was like seven kids (laughs) laying claim to the (laughs) – being the, having the most hits all time in Connecticut baseball history. Right. So uh, we are going to be here. We're here. It's a week left. Um, and it's, we're going to have teams playing in their own regions next week for uh, region championships. That's what it's going to look like. So that's what it's going to be. There's not going to be any conference championships. There's not going to be any state championships. Uh, it's going to be very different. No. But it is what it is this year. And like I said, we just want to get through the season like everybody else. And it seems like they're about to do that. So. The best we can hope for this year, as much as we'd love to be at, at New Britain or at West Haven covering state finals, uh, you know, on a on a cold November afternoon or evening, it's not happening this year, you know. Mm. Uh, I want to say shout out to the Hand Girls soccer team. Kudos to the one nothing victory over uh, Guilford last week. Uh, I believe that was the last time Guilford Girls soccer had lost was October 21st of last year. The loss, I believe it was an unbeaten streak of 21 straight games. Um, Obviously, they won the SEC in the um, SEC in the Class L State Championship last year. They've had a few ties along the way, but nice job by hand winning at home. That's the third time they played each other. One law, one one and one the two teams. So, uh, wouldn't surprise me if they face a fourth time in the uh, region championship, uh, SEC whatever division it is. So, but uh, it's a good run by Guilford and a nice job by hand. All right, uh, we are going to be joined by Weston boys coach Kevin Fitzsimmons coming up after the break. Uh, we will be right back on Just for Kicks. 
we are back on Just for Kicks, and we are being joined by Weston boys soccer coach Kevin Fitzsimmons. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, I mean, we've been trying, and we've thought about you the last couple of years because the program's done so, so well. Um, and you guys are having another great year this year. I know you guys had title aspirations, but how's the season going so far the, the way it is? It's going, <laughs> I think, which, is the, which is the most important thing right now. Um, yeah, it's going well. Um, I felt like it took us a little bit of, bit of time to get into our stride. Uh, again, I think it's understandable, I think, um, you know, what the kids are going through, uh, just not knowing what tomorrow looks like. I think it's very hard for them to get into any any sort of rhythm or any sort of beat, you know. So uh, it's understandable it took us a little bit of time. Um, a few results, like getting beat by Barlow in the first game of the season uh, and beat well. It was a really good performance by Barlow. Um, it was a little bit of a wake-up call. Um, yeah, and I think probably maybe the last two weeks we're starting to hit some sort of form of what we thought was was possible, you know. Yeah, I mean, you gave up four goals in that Barlow game. I don't think you've given up that many the rest of the season along the way. Uh, did that, like you said, just kind of spark the kids to be like, hey, we got to get serious about this? Yeah, I think, you know, I think coming into that week, and, I, and again, I should have noticed, we, I've got a very confident group this year and I think one of one of my main pluses in the past was that we took every game seriously in terms of we didn't have a lot of confidence because of our history because we, we hadn't achieved a lot um, and I think these group of boys coming this year especially the seniors and juniors the, the state champions that travel uh, they were also involved in the 2018 success and the 2019 uh, and I think they came in a little bit too overconfidence um, so for me, probably the result was the best thing that, that actually happened to us because it definitely gave us a, a huge wake-up call, you know. And that's not taking anything away from Barlow. And again, just a great program, and they were really phenomenal that night, Barlow. Kevin, uh, was there at any point this season that it started to feel normal for the kids and for you with what we've all been going through? Yeah, actually, it's funny because, uh, you know, I've, I've always brought my boys um, – on a Sunday morning, I always get them up on a Sunday morning, so I give them Friday and Saturday off. Um, and I felt like I came in a little bit, um, I'm trying to go good way, not, not softer approach, but maybe delicate approach, just because I didn't know what each day was going to bring and each week would bring. And then finally, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to treat this normally. So I got them up on the Sunday morning, and we do a lot of hill work on the Sunday morning. Um, and then that's when it felt normal then. The boys got involved, they got stuck in. It's not pretty, it's 8 o'clock in the morning uh, and they're up and down hills for 20 minutes. Um, but they, you know what, they, they taught me because I looked at them and they just treated it like it was a normal Sunday. It almost looked like they missed it. <laughs> Crazy <laughs> enough, they were there, they were getting stuck into it. And, and for me, that was the turning point that Sunday. And you have a very experienced team. I mean, when those kids come back too, I, I assume a lot of that comes from the players, right? Where they're like, let's go, guys. Yeah, I mean, so I've got seven seniors this year. Um, and out of the seven, I, I, three of them play for me as freshmen, which is sort of a theme that I've started doing like the last six years. Um, so again, you know, I look at a lot of them with a lot of experience, like you said. So they know what it's like, um, you know, they know what it's like and how to play in a game, but they also know what's needed behind the scenes. So when we're there on a Sunday morning, you know, they know that it's no good turning up at 8 o'clock because we start at 8 o'clock. They're getting the team there for 7.30. 
you know, and getting them warmed up and making sure everybody's there. They're collecting the younger kids because they can't get there. Yeah, so that experience is priceless, you know. Again, more off the field than on the field just for the way we run the program and accountability for each other, you know. How important is having those – sorry, Scott. Go ahead, Joe. And those three kids and seniors in a program in the year like this when you kind of need them to – convey your message and convey a message that nobody's really had to deal with before? Oh, you know, that's a great question. Um, again, I, you know, it's funny because I don't think that experience really helps this year because they've never gone through it before. Okay. Um, but it's just that passion and drive to, 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 I think because they've experienced the highs and the success of the, the two years gone by, they want to achieve that again. Now, it might not look the same just because of what the way the Southwest Conference are doing things differently, but they know come the end of the season that, you know, they want to be in the final. They want to be playing in the final, whatever that looks like. Uh, and they want to finish off their high school career saying, well, you know, three out of four years, you know, we played in a final. Um, so that's their personal drive. You know, I asked them at the beginning of the season what they wanted. That's what they wanted. Uh, and, 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 you know, all credit to them. That's what they've kept working towards and kept pushing towards, you know. Yeah, for those guys that lost in that SWC final last year, I mean, for the guys that don't know, that was brutal. It was the 20 seconds left that Pomperock scored on you guys. I mean, I would think that yeah. that eats away at the kids, right? It, it absolutely And you does. too. <laughs> yeah, it does. You know what, funny enough, Pomperock's got a habit of doing that. They beat me in the, I think, 2016 quarterfinal with 17 seconds left. So, yeah, they've got a bit of a hold over me on that. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. It's that desire to get back. But I, I, I just, I think, you know, I think that's what was so special about the 2018 team for me was that that was the group of players. Western had never been to a final before, apart from, uh, you know, the state final in 2004. Uh, but in terms of the SWC final, we'd never been there. And I felt it was the 2018 team, just the characters in the team that they were the ones that could get us there. And I knew it was more important about us getting there and winning it for the future, not just for 2018, but for the future years, because I felt then in Western it became about, oh, we can do this, just because we're the fourth, I think we're the fourth smallest school in the conference. Like that always hung over us, like, oh, we can't do it, we can't do it. And I think that 2018 just broke that mold. And now the kids now, they want to do it, not just because, you know, of revenge of losing last year, it's just they enjoy it. You know, they love being in the finals. They love the journey to get there. They like to be called champions. So that's that's where that's coming from now, just that personal drive of achieving it again. You talk about that program. What year did you take over in Weston? Oh, I was a very young man then, but uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was 2009. I took 2009. And for those, I mean, I've talked to you about this before, but tell people about how you started to build that program that kind of culminated in 2018 and then and- it's still building today. I mean, that's a long process, right? It, it is a long process. Um, so I arrived in 2004, initially in Western, uh, and I just started off as a, as a youth coach in the program. And then the, the football club themselves, uh, Western Soccer Club, asked me to become the OC. Uh, so I took over the director of coaching role. And then I just started to change a lot of things at the, at the younger age groups. Uh, it's that long ago that my seniors now were second graders when I was when I changed the program and I just created a bit more of a philosophy in terms of like staying away from the wins and losses at the younger ages 
uh, and just really focused on creating and building up the individual, just making sure they've all got a ball all the time and working on individual skill. Uh, just trying to keep the parents' aspirations down, you know, you know, because we're getting <laughs> <That's tough. laughs> you know, that was that was the hardest, you know. We were getting beat at U nine and U ten and parents were not happy. So it was just trying to keep those expectations down and you know, once we got over that, it became the norm. And then once we started winning state cup trophies, I think when we were, they were seventh and eighth graders, uh, which is my current seniors and juniors, then people realized that, oh, there is a process. And if we are patients, uh, that it, it will come through. So right now I, I look right through my current seniors, you know, right down to my sixth graders on both the boys and the girls, because the girls have got a phenomenal program as well. And, um, you know, we know we're feeding the high school now continually with good players every year. So we're hoping that this will just be a norm every year now, you know. Do you see more kids coming out for soccer now, or is it the same, the numbers similar? Or are you getting more kids out? Because you see them have a big roster every year for a small school. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like we created like a culture. You know, when I first came in, there was like, you know, there was a couple of coaches from different organizations and I felt like it was each team done their own thing. Like each coach was working on their own thing. And then what I'd quickly achieved or done was I set about putting my best coaches at the, at the first, second, third and fourth grade. And I felt what happened then is, you know, because the best coaches aren't just about the X's and O's. The best coaches are about the ones who connect with the kids on and off the field. And then, they, you know, they build up friendships and relationships. So I started to feel like the kids started staying in the program more. Um, and I, I believe that by once you get to maybe fourth or fifth grade, if a kid's going to play soccer, they'll generally stick with soccer. Uh, so we have found like we've kept a lot of numbers. Um, we don't lose a lot to Premier. Uh, I think every so often we'll lose maybe three or four kids, but it'll be every, every three or four years we'll lose a, lot, lose a lot of players and then, you know, they might come back for high school. So, yeah, we are getting good numbers for a small town. And you're keeping your kids pretty much there. I mean, your, your kids, some of them probably go play Premier other places, right? But mm -hmm. you're trying to keep them all there, right? Yeah, I mean, I tell all the parents, look, I, I believe I've got a program that your, your kid can be challenged. So if I've got a, a really good, you know, like fifth grader, you know, I will move them up to the sixth grader, you know, or a sixth grader, I will move up to the seventh. Or if they're really good, I'll move them up two grades. Uh, but I also know that if we don't have a program that, you know, or a team that will challenge a kid, I would, you know, we have done it. We've told kids to move on. We, you know, we've got a kid right now playing at New York Red Bulls and we knew by, you know, by, by the time he was a fourth grader we were like yeah we this program is just not gonna you know because i couldn't move him to the eighth grade team because he was right. just too small so we were like you know we feel like you should move on and go and get challenged somewhere else so we are open about it but you know our, our philosophy is is that we want every kid to enjoy the game uh, and then every kid to get better uh, so if we can't do that we cannot facilitate it we will tell the parents you know try try a premier program or you know maybe even better program than that you know Western boys coach Kevin Fitzsimmons joining us on the Just for Kicks podcast as we've hit November. Uh, I know the SWC coach was going to try to do a north and south. Uh, obviously, it was nixed for all of them. Everybody's got to stay in their region due to the COVID. Um, I'm guessing by your record, since you haven't lost since the opener, that you'll be the top seed. I don't know if that matters. How are you looking at this region championship or how are the kids looking? Uh, there's a little, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of disappointment, you know, that, you know, they came in with the aspirations of, you know, being SWC champions again, you know, trying to win the Patriot division for the third season in a row. Uh, but they got over it quickly. You know, we've told them that, look, you know, we're just blessed to be playing. 
Um, and that doesn't mean that you can't be competitive every game. We've just got to set different goals. I mean, the one goal we set up was like, let's win every game. And obviously that went out the window. Right away. <laughs> after the first game, I think after 20 minutes, we were 3-0 down. Um, but, you know, but again, some things like that are a blessing. So it took the pressure off it. And then we, we just set new goals again. Um, you know, in terms of, yeah, it's important we finish top because we finished top the last two years. So we want to finish top again. Uh, and also it gives us home advantage for the quarterfinal, semi-final, and hopefully the final. Um, so that's a big goal for us, a big push, because you can have home crowd. And that's the big thing the seniors have missed, not playing in front of the home crowd. Uh, again, it's a lot of off-the-field stuff that playing high school soccer brings to kids. It's not just about on the field, but there's a lot of off-the-field stuff. So the seniors have missed out on a lot of things like that. So, you know, that's a big incentive to them now is to get home field advantage, hopefully again to the final. Uh, and then obviously, as you know, Western have big crowds. We get about 200, 250 people coming out and watching the game. So uh, I think that would be a nice way for the seniors to finish off their high school careers if, if we can get that far and have the home crowds there. So finishing top's very important for us. Are they going to let fans in? Yeah, they've started doing it now, Scott, the last couple of weeks. Uh, only home fans. Um, and I know like a couple of my managers have made their own way to their away games and they've not been allowed to <laughs> them off from the area. So, again, listen, it's not ideal. But if it means the kids can play, then this is, you know, this is the small sacrifices that we all have to make, you know. Yeah, you guys were one of those schools where you routinely had pretty good crowds up there, especially for big games, right? Was that something else that, that's been building over the years where more and more kids are coming to watch soccer? It definitely has been, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's it coinc- I wouldn't say it coincided with the success because I remember us having big big crowds there when we weren't doing too good. But uh, it's a small community. And, again, I think it goes back to the youth program of creating a community because – even a lot of kids who go through the town soccer program, they don't make the high school. I only have a JV and a varsity. I don't have a freshman team. Um, you know, a couple of reasons, but mainly because a lot of the freshmen make my JV team. Um, so a lot of kids don't make the program, but their friends are still playing uh, and they like to watch the game. They like to support them. So I feel like it's a couple of things. We have It's just a real tight community. So yeah, we have good support because of that. Are your practices still as competitive as they were two years ago? Yeah, they have to be, yeah. They have to be. Uh, again, trying to keep that normality. But, you know, the players hold me accountable. You know, I must admit there's times this season where, you know, I probably haven't come in as fired up as I have been in the past. And, you know, my, my captains, you know, they know I'll hold them accountable and they hold me accountable and they'll come up to me and be like, coach, we don't feel like this is, you know, as competitive as it was. Why aren't we doing the 1v1 challenges or the 2v2s? When are we going to go and do the hills, you know, coach? We, so, you know, again, I think it's ingrained now that, you know, what we achieved in 2018 wasn't just by luck. Uh, it was a process that we've gone through and the seniors now know what that process looked like. So they want it in the program now and hopefully the juniors for next year and the sophomores for next year will keep, keep that going. So here's a, just a general question about that. You, you teach your kids, obviously, not to talk back to coaches, not to argue. So how do you get them to speak to you in a way like where you say, hey, coach, maybe this isn't the right way to do that. Maybe that's not the right way. And, and how hard is that to get a kid to, to do that with you? 
I'll be honest, it took me a long time. I have a fantastic idea, Mark Berkowitz. So he's a great, great shoulder to lean on and talk to. I mean, he used to be the head coach of the soccer team, and that's when we had that State Cup success. So he's a great person to, you know, to lean on for me. And, and over the years, it's just been fine-tuned and fine-tuned. And, and I go back to the 2018, and we had a meeting before the season started. It was the, it was the seniors, come, incoming seniors, and we just had an open dialogue about what we've seen in the past and, and what we'd like to see. And, you know, they put a few things on my plate that, you know, I didn't like hearing. I must admit, as a coach, I didn't like to hear it. And I went away and I thought about it and was like, well, I can change this and I can change that. Uh, and then by that point, then we just really started to have an open dialogue. Um, and I think that's the beauty of high school coaching is you've got to work with the hand you dealt with. And I believe it's made me a better coach and a better person because of it and um, so I think from that year we've had an open dialogue and what I tend to do now I have, I have you know a great assistant coach came on in 2018 and Chris Myers um, and what that allowed me to do was is I can have Chris run a bit of the session and while that session's going on I can pull players out and have a personal chat with them hey how's things going how are you find the season this year you know do you think you're getting enough playing time what would you and we just dialogue and what it has allowed me to do is because naively I always thought that what I was thinking they knew what I was thinking <laughs> and what I found from conversations just a simple one like I'd love a player and what the player is doing and a player would be saying to me oh, I, I, I felt like you didn't like this or you didn't like that and I'd be like blown away by it and be like no I think you're absolutely fantastic so again just having a great assistant coach pulling, you know, helping me a little bit it's allowed me to connect more personally with the players um, and from that, the dialogue just opens. Now, I asked them to do it, you know, for want of better words, professionally, you know, you've got a, a problem, then reach out to me and let's meet and talk about it or let's speak over the phone, but let's just do it, you know, correctly. And I'll always give you time. So I just ask for that respect back in, in terms of you giving me time when we need to talk. So it's something that's definitely improved the program, but it has took a long time to get here, to get that involved, you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, and we're all impressed with how the program's been built up and, and where you are with it now. And uh, yeah, I mean, too bad you can't have an SWC. And I know you thought you'd have a good state run too yes. um, this year. So uh, hopefully next year that the program's still there. Because you have a lot of juniors and sophomores in this team, right? That are going to be playing. I've, I've currently, yeah, I've just gone through the numbers and I'm shocked myself. So right now we've got seven seniors and we lost a really good senior in Henry Cohen. Uh, he taught us ACL in the warm-up practice just before the season started. So that was a big loss for him. Henry, but I've got 15 juniors um, on the roster, uh, you know, and all 15 can contribute. I think I've got like six of them starting right now, uh, and two of them were involved in the 2018 as freshmen. Um, so, yeah, again, a lot of experience with juniors. I've got uh, four sophomores now that are making appearances and really putting in some some time as well. So, yeah, the future looks, you know, the future looks good for a couple of years now. Um, so, yeah, we're excited about it. We're excited about this season, definitely, you know. Uh, listen, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us here and uh, best of luck the rest of the season and, and whatever the playoffs look like for you. Thanks, Scott. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Good luck with us. Thank you. We are back on Just for Kicks. We want to thank Weston coach Kevin Fitzsimmons for joining us. Um, I've always enjoyed covering Kevin. I know that our producer, P used to cover him back in the Norwalk Hour days. Uh, I don't know. You don't get down to Weston very often, probably. No, I, I don't. Um, but obviously, it's, it's again, one of those many stories of teams that are looking to have a really good year. Having a good year is just not a normal year, and unfortunately not going to be playing for the championship. But as he said, 
Scott, just to have something to play for, have an opportunity to play games, which is better than the spring sports, which is better than what state championship teams and boys and girls basketball have the opportunity. They have an opportunity to do something. And uh, I'm glad for them. And I'm glad for all, all those teams that still have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, and I, I, as much as I can say, I didn't want to see Pop Rock again. I know that if you lose with 20 seconds left in the final, you want to see that team again at some sure. point in a playoff game or a big game, like, and get that back. And I didn't realize they had knocked them out of the quarter a couple of years before that with 17 seconds left. I mean, that's a brutal way to go out in a soccer game. No, 20 seconds left, yeah. It's... 20 seconds, 17, I mean, that's, that's tough. Um, but, yeah, we thank him. They've had a great season so far. They're one of those teams. Uh, I think they would have done really well in states. Uh, I, I, I'm going to miss the state. The fall state tournaments I just love so much. And, uh, I'm definitely going to miss those. Uh, because, you, you, like I said, we've said about in previous podcasts, even last year, soccer, you could dominate and you can lose. And, it's just, and that's the beauty of the sport. So, and they're also, in my opinion, the most competitive, you know, baseball is close, but with soccer, it's like you go into that first round of the double L tournament and you're never surprised if any team beats any team, really. I mean, right. sometimes in the lower classes, you get some mismatches, but soccer games are so competitive generally uh, in the state tournament, especially at the, at the L. Right. Um, what else we got, Joe? Anything? Well, a couple of stars, just a couple. I mean, we're as a star will be out today along with this podcast on Game Time CT. Noel Garrison from Shelton, five goals in a win over law for the girls last Friday. And uh, guy we've mentioned every single week, Scott Tistori, another pair of hat tricks last week for the handball. Yeah, no, it's, really ama- it's really amazing. And, again, is it, there's a team, if I have not mistaken, Wilton's having a really good year too. And, and, yeah. And, and there they, are other teams in Class L, but it would have been very interesting to see. Well, I mean, I think yeah. we all would have paid money to see another hand Wilton final after that. I mean, that, that game last year, you were there, was probably one of the best things that best state soccer finals has ever been. Yeah. I mean, in the, what, however many, what was there? Three or four goals in overtime? I mean, it was just an incredible theater. And again, they their defense is not bad, but they just outscore people. I mean, yeah. with, with, with him, Jason Wallach, and now Chris Porty up front, it's just, it's just really tough to beat. And, I mean, they've beat, been beaten team. They, they beat Brantford, I believe it was 4-1. 4-1, uh, one, and Brantford's a good team. And, well, they're good, yeah. And I, I asked a couple of things. I mean, Scott, he scored 20 seconds into the game. I mean, that's pretty impressive. You're talking 20 about 20 seconds, seconds in. <laughs> 20 seconds in. Uh, Shout-out to East Haven boys soccer team. They actually beat Brantford this year, 3-2. This, they've had three SEC victories. And what's been an odd year, it's their first three wins since 2015 in the SEC. So, you know, and I actually have two of them. Oh. And, uh, you know, again, it's not a program that gets a lot of love in soccer podcasts, but good kudos to them. I have two East Haven kids in the in the top performers. You know, Louis, you really? Louis, yeah, Luis Aguello, who scored two goals uh, in that Branford game, and then Leandro Soto Molina, uh, who scored both goals in their 2-0 win over uh, Whitney Tech. So, I, I ended up putting both of them in. I don't usually have two kids uh, from the same team, but they both did something in different games, and I thought those were both nice wins for East Haven, like you just said, you know. Right. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have all those up there. Uh, Scott Testori, not surprisingly, made the list. Right? I just Every Shot. week, I just write, he had another hat trick. He had another hat trick. <laughs> Every game, it seems like. So. Every game. The other kid that does is is Nick Washington out at Ledyard. He had another hat trick. Uh, the junior had another ha- had a hat trick and two assists. In um, a 5-4 win over East Lyme. And also, if you go on game time, yes. Joe and I wrote a story together 
uh, about the Ledyard soccer programs and all the siblings that they have playing for those teams. So nine. Uh, I, thought, I thought the story came nine. out pretty well, if I do say so ourselves. Nine of them. Nine. Nine of them. I mean, there. listen, Foreign's got four girls soccer siblings. We wrote, I wrote about playing field two years ago, having four sets. I mean, it's, it's not as in common as I like to think, but nine's a lot. And nine's obviously, lot, they've yeah. all – and as we mentioned, the ECC's had some issues with COVID and, and teams not being able to play games, and they've been able to manage to play games, you know, and, and, and their siblings have been able to play, so that's, that's good. I mean, again, nine siblings is a lot for two programs. Yeah, maybe that's why they're able to play, because they're all just, like, almost in their own cohort. Absolutely. Locked in together. That's a theory. Uh, all right. Joe and I are going to get out of here. We want to thank uh, Weston coach Kevin Fitzsimmons again for joining us. Uh, we will see you next week, and there might be some playoff chatter. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll get into some of the pods and what's happening. Uh, most of the regular season will be wrapped by then. Um, it'll actually be some kind of postseason soccer. Uh, that'll be exciting, right, Joe? I think it would be, yeah. Like I said, just – We'll be on next week regardless. So just, yeah, we'll be talking postseason next week, I'm sure. For Joe, I'm Scott. We'll see you next week on Just for Kicks.